My name is Kate, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh my goodness, what a pleasure to be here with all of you guys this morning. I feel like I'm still um, half asleep here. Um, Casey, thank you so much for asking me to, uh, to get to share my story. And um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's really a privilege. I woke up about two hours ago just to have my, my God time. Um, but I have to say, I'm really feeling, I'm really feeling the work week. Um, Saturday's the day I've learned in recovery how to take care of myself, and Saturday's usually the morning where I'll just give myself hours to just have God time, sleep in if I need to, um, do step work, and just restore, because uh, every other day of the week I, I get up early. So I, um, I'm really going to be relying on my higher powers strength this morning, and um, I've learned in the rooms how to just say, okay, God, I'm feeling weak right now. I need your power to flow in here. I need you to just come in and just let your will be done. Um, so I'll kind of just dive in, and, and uh, I guess I'll first first get the numbers out of the way. So I came in, it'll be eight years ago uh, in April, and um, I'm just kind of a, I don't want to say like an average compulsive overeater, because I had all the other fun little twists and, and turns and versions of it. Um, uh, exercise bulimia, um, restrictor, you know, all those, all those other kind of fun things. But came in eight years ago, and since then, I think I'm down, I think maybe... 30 pounds or more. I, I don't weigh myself, but um, I know that my my clothes have been a lot smaller the last couple of years. Um, so that's been just one of the gifts of the program. It's kind of just, I was told it's an inside job, focus on the insides and God will take care of your outsides. That's definitely been my case. Um, so yeah, and my abstinence is, uh, I, I've had the gift of abstinence for the last six plus years and it's been no exercise bulimia, no binging, and no restricting. So that means when I have a meal, I don't have another meal after. Um, that means not skipping a meal. Uh, that means not having a meal and then working out right after to get rid of it. So I cannot believe it's been over six years. Um, it was six years, December 22nd, since I've engaged in those behaviors. So that's just a complete, complete miracle. Um, so just, yeah, just to kind of dive into what it, what it was like. I'm loving the, I'm loving the music that I'm hearing. A uh, little background. Um, but what, what it was like. So I, I was, I was born in Southern California, total Cali girl, um, which I probably look like because I just got highlights done. So I'm looking very Californian right now. Um, and, uh. I, I, I was raised in a family where if, if everything looks good on the outside, then everything's good. I mean, it was, it was a very, and it still is a very loving family. It's a very um, wonderfully dysfunctional, loving, big, messy family. Um, I was raised with a, with a religion, so we, you know, we, we would practice that every weekend, but it was more of a cultural thing rather than um, I didn't have a relationship with the higher power. It was more of just, this is just, this is just what we do as a family. We, we go and we, we practice our faith every week. Um, but it, it was never life-giving to me. And I was the oldest of 14 grandchildren, so big, big family. And with being the oldest, I got a lot in the firstborn. I, I got a lot of attention from an early age and um, a lot of attention. And I, um, I learned how to be, I, I always wanted to be with the adults. I always kind of joke that I'm an old soul. But I, um, I just, I, I loved, I really fed off of getting the approval of the adults and just the whole uh, people-pleasing thing is just, I'm just naturally a people-pleaser and it just, I was just kind of conditioned to just be this little, um, I felt like I was this little, little doll when I look back and just 
you know, with, with the adults, just they would, you know, my mother always had me dressed a certain way, and it was always just like, oh, look at how good Katie is. Look at how good she is. And um, that ended up just really fueling, fueling the disease later on, um, just that, that, that desperation for, for approval um, and, and getting that, the validation. Well, if you look good on the outside, then people think you have it all together, you know, and then you have their approval. Um, so, yeah, so things, things really changed for me, I'd say, around junior high. I was encouraged by my family to get a plastic surgery when I was 13, and that rocketed, um, that rocketed me. And really, um, what the message that I got was, you're not enough as you are. And um, so that started, and, and even still, that's one of my greatest, deepest fears is that I'm not enough as I am. And um, that I have to do more, I have to change myself in order to be okay, in order to, in order to be like everyone else. I need, to, I need to work harder, I need to change. I need to change something, whether it's something physical about myself or, or I need to perform harder. And just that, you know, that wild fear of that, that everyone else has it figured out, but I started off not, not being enough, and so I got to keep up or, or figure it out. So that, that threw me into high school where just my food just, just got wacky after, after that because I just had this deep shame and just deep fear. And so that fueled um, overeating, that fueled undereating. Um, I was an athlete, and I remember just working out outside of practice to keep, keep the meals. But I, I was so afraid of gaining weight, so I would work out on top of all my, all my workouts with, with my teens. Uh, but boys became the number one thing, and drinking and smoking weed and, you know, all of that. And I just remember just um, going to class stoned and then overeating and then working out for hours after school and, and then just trying to get as much attention from guys as possible because I really needed, I needed to, all the shame that I was feeling, and I, and I couldn't have articulated it at the time, but I felt so unworthy and so, um, just so not good enough that I, I just, I can see now I have so much compassion for what already is a difficult season and, and uh, a young woman or a young man's life, but especially a young lady's life, to then be walking around with this blanket of shame over me. And just remember, just, and I remember I was so, I couldn't even ask questions in class because I felt, um, I just felt like I, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't enough. I just remember I couldn't even... So, so I just, so I was like, oh, well, I'll be really good at being social, right? So I just got really into partying. And I somehow managed to still get fine grades through, through cheating and manipulation, right? Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, do, do whatever it takes to just make it look like you got it all together. Um, and then through manipulation, got into the college that I wanted. <laughs> and uh, it's just amazing just, just when self-will gets in there. But I do, I can really see now how I'm a higher power used and has used all of it for for my good and to now share with others and um, to have no shame around it. But yeah, I look back and I'm like, wow, there was so much just, just hidden agenda and just so much um, just messiness. Just, I just, ah, yeah, I just have so much compassion for myself now. Um, so to fast forward, get to college, more drinking, more boys, more everything, you know, more, 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 more. And um, the weight went up a lot. Um, and I, I remember just feeling, I mean, I, I know a lot of you guys get it, just the self-loathing that comes in when, when the food is, um, when, when you're in the food. I, I just remember just feeling so demoralized because I would think, okay, I'm going to get really skinny this month. And then I would end up um, drinking and eating more than ever. Um, but yeah, the demoralization of just waking up and just like, having, having food on you from the night before, you know, like passing out with burrito, 
whatever next to you and um, and just feeling like you just want to wake up and you just want to vomit because you're so full. Um, and then I would go run for a couple hours. Um, I, I did. I, I was. I played a sport for initially in college, then I ended up discovering running when I quit or when I retired. And um, and I started running because I thought this is genius. Like I wasn't able to make myself puke, so I thought, wow, if I just run for longer periods of time, I can actually eat more. And I thought that was so smart. And um, like, oh, so I can just run for hours. And I would literally run. I ended up. I would run for hours. And I had all these um, very type A friends, and we would all. Uh, we would do marathons together, and it was just crazy. There were so many eating disorders with all my friends. And, and, and the, the funny thing was um, I was in so much denial. I just remember feeling so much judgment. I just was so grossed out by my friends with eating disorders because I had no idea that I, that I had anything wrong with me or that I had any kind of disease. Um, so I just remember just thinking, like, well, if I could just... If I could just get the weight, you know, if I could just get the weight down, I would be, maybe I would be pretty enough. Like, if I could just get to the right size, I could get the, perf- I could get the right boyfriend. If I could just, like, it, it was not about school and, the, you know, my parents were paying for this great education and I was so obsessed with trying to get skinny and then I would end up gaining weight and then trying to get skinny and then I would gain a little bit more weight. And it was just insanity. It was insanity. And I, I was so obsessed with my body and I just remember being so afraid of anyone actually, well, I didn't know myself, so I didn't, I, without having a healthy relationship with, with myself, um, how could I have a healthy relationship with a man? Um, but I remember coming home from dates and just, just, just being so terrified of um, being seen and not wanting to be seen and just and overeating when I got home um, and then over drinking on the dates and it was just it was a hot mess. So fast forward, got into corporate America after school with a boss who had an eating disorder. And um, so she was under eating. I was overeating. It was, it was a good time. And um, <laughs> I was doing marathons. I mean, it was, just, it was insanity. I was, and, but it, the, the thing was, I, I just love, just, I'm like, oh, you're just so cute. I, I really look like I had it all together on the outside because that was just how I was raised. I was conditioned to look like that. So I had the right wardrobe. I had the right car. I had the right boyfriend. I had the right job, the right salary. And I was a hot mess. And I, I hated myself. I hated myself. And um, I, just, I just, I remember just staring at myself in the mirror for long periods of time. And I would either, I just remember feeling hatred when I looked at myself in the mirror. Just feeling hatred and um, Kai, it's just, it's, it's just, I'm such a new, I'm such a different person today. It's hard to even, um, it's, it's painful to think about those memories. But I remember, and I remember looking at my face and, and crying in the mirror because I, I had, saw myself and my body and the world through such a distorted lens through this disease that um, I, I wasn't in reality. And I had such body dysmorphia. And uh, it's just, just the, you know, the, the insanity of, of this disease and how it, it affects, it affected my mind, it affected how I live my life, it affected my vision, it affected my heart, I mean, everything. So um, I ended up hitting, hitting um, one bottom, one of my first bottoms, um, gosh, about, yeah, did I say eight years ago? I can't believe it's been eight years. Um, feels like it's been longer in some ways, just a different life. But hit a bottom after binging, uh, after one great binge, and just, you know, wanted to be by the toilet all night and, um, and just feeling really, I just remember being really gaseous and I couldn't sleep and I just wanted to vomit, but I couldn't. And I was, I laid, I laid by the toilet and I just thought, this is effing insane. Like I, I had this great time with my family and then I came home and I ate a box of cereal. 
and then I had all these other things. And I would just get like a little animal. Like I would eat in the dark when I would come home and I would um, just go through the cupboards in the refrigerator and I would just, I was so scared that my roommate would come out. And I just remember that fear and shame of like, oh, what, if, what if I get caught? But, but I didn't care, so I would just keep doing it. And um, yeah, it was just kind of one of those nights. And I, I, go, I Googled binge eating the next day. Thank you, Google. And found my first OA meeting. And I've been coming ever since. And um, yeah, you know what? So that's, that's, that's just little slice of what it, what it was like. It was just hell. It was just this hamster wheel of trying to get skinny, thinking about how I'm going to get skinny, and then, and then getting into the disease and instead um, overeating and, and then um, followed by a period of exercise bulimia and then restriction for a couple of days and then overeating. And I just, just that kind of lifestyle is it just being so focused on the outsides. That's the equivalent of hell for me, just that self-bondage. It's absolute hell, and it's just me, 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 more, 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 me, 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 more, more, me, 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 you know? And then um, what happened was coming into the rooms, um, hearing the rigorous honesty, I could not believe that everything that I had thought and felt that I heard, I heard you guys sharing, and um, it was absolutely intoxicating, and I, I fell in love with the rooms, and I, I became whole here. And I found a higher power here. And I was told to get a sponsor and to work the steps and to work the tools, to come to meetings, to suit up and show up, and, and then to sponsor and give it back. And, and I did it. And being the little, you know, that little firstborn girl that just loved the approval, I, I am, thank God, I'm very able to, to take direction um, because I, it's like that little people pleaser. It can, it, it can be a really good thing because I wanted my, my, you know, all my sponsors approval, uh, approval over the years. Now I can see that. I'm like, well, you know, God, God can, can use everything. Um, and, um, but yeah, I came into the rooms. I was so broken and my pride was just shocked. So I thought this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me having an eating disorder. I, I, I judged and ridiculed, um, everyone who I thought just like couldn't get it together, uh, in, in college, and I thought, wow, like I, this is this is me. This is me. Um, I I have an eating disorder, and um, and then with that came so many other revelations on all my other all my other brokenness. Um, and I'm so thankful. So yeah, so I, I really had the gift of desperation, which is absolutely a gift, and my higher power just kind of just took over from there. I mean, I really set my my childhood higher power. I really set aside when I came into the rooms, and it was such an exciting. It was such an exciting journey to get to rediscover who, who I needed my higher power to be as I worked the steps. Um, I ended up leaving my career and I was led to go, I changed industries, I went to grad school um, in, in, in recovery and um, ended up, I moved countries for that and I got my second sponsor over there and I worked all 12 steps through the big book and I, I was such a big book thumper. And to this day, I, I usually always have a bit, I, I generally have a big book on me. Um, but I have a couple copies in different, you know, one in my home, one in my car, one in my purse. Um, I love the big book. And I was taught um, that, that it was a blueprint for a living. And um, I just remember pouring through the pages and just, I couldn't believe as I exchanged the words, you know, alcoholic for food and alcoholic for compulsive eater, I couldn't believe it how much I identified. I mean, I really, I really, um, I felt so, so seen. I felt so understood. I felt so not alone anymore and I felt um, it was just this, this, this relief knowing that I wasn't terminally unique and that it, that it wasn't a moral issue because that's what I'd always been afraid of that this is a moral issue that I'm, that I'm inherently bad right because I can't control my food I can't eat perfectly I can't be perfect I can't um, 
I can't have the perfect body weight. So I really, it was such a relief hearing this is not a moral issue. This is a disease. Um, and the way that you would treat, you know, a, a family member with cancer, you get to offer that some kind of care and compassion for yourself. So I'm like, wow, wow, just blew my mind. Um, but yeah, working the 12 steps. Um, getting getting commitments at meetings. I ended up getting to start a meeting with, with my sponsor when I was living abroad. And um, the love and compassion and unco- unconditional love that I got from my sponsor, um, especially when I was doing, when I was turning over, when I was doing step five with her, it, it rocketed me to a new dimension. It, it, I really, the steps were such a spiritual experience for me because I shared with her stuff that I thought no one, no one, can know these, I mean, it was, and now I look back, I'm like, oh, God, it was like, it was like the plastic surgery thing, or it was like, when I used to drink, over drink and overeat a lot, I would wake up, and um, there were a few times when I literally, like, peed on myself at night after overeating and over drinking, and I, and I I can just say that now and be like, oh, my gosh, just, like, so much compassion, and also, it's funny, but it's also really sad, Um, but, like, I just, I have no, I have no shame after working the 12 steps, because I know who I am in my higher power, and, um, you know, just stuff that I thought, well, I'm really going to take this to the grave. Um, and the stuff that was just fueling all the self-destructive behaviors um, and all those just, just really mean, nasty thoughts, I got to just lay that all down and, and take it through the steps and share it with a safe person. And I learned in here what a safe person was. Um, and I learned that I wasn't a safe person. Thank you. Um, yeah, so just, so just the, the steps and the love of the rooms. Um, absolutely absolutely changed everything about my life and um i as i have five minutes here i just kind of want to just fast forward to what what it's like today um i really 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 do have this beautiful life beyond my wildest dreams because the higher power that i found in here i've had i've had many spiritual experiences um, over the years and I was taught in step two to keep a bank of, of miracles and I was reviewing my bank of miracles that I started gosh about six years ago this morning and I just I just was crying with with God because um, I couldn't I couldn't believe the, the, the consistent goodness of my higher power at, at, through all the years um, at, that I've as, as I've been tracking when I've remembered to, to, to write it down and it just my, my step to this bank of miracles it really serves as evidence because I, I had to come to believe that, that I could be taken care of by higher power um, bless you and I still daily get to get to do step three and practice okay making a decision I'm going to practice surrendering again God you know what, would, would you help me making a decision I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice trusting you today and I look back at this step two bank of miracles that my sponsor told me to do and I I am in awe of this evidence that shows me I am taken care of I am loved my needs have been met every step of the way and I've been given so much courage to walk through life life messy messy beautiful difficult incredibly amazing life and recovery is my foundation my higher power is my foundation and 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 from that, everything is built. Everything's been built upon my foundation that I've gotten in the 12 steps. Um, but my sponsor always told me, put recovery in, and your God first, and everything else will flow. And whatever you put in, in front, you're going to lose it. And so I still, I still get to choose to practice that. I still put God first in the morning. I like to just practice bringing God and putting God first throughout the day, whether it's a meal or before I get out of the house. I like to get on my knees. Before I start the car, I like to say a prayer. I just, I'm in dialogue with my, with my HP all 
all the time and, and I get to practice putting HP first and the recovery calls, I always call my sponsor first. Um, meetings, I haven't been, I've totally been um, more focused on another program as of late, but it's, it's still, it's like, okay, meeting, meetings are first. It's always like, God, how can I put you in recovery first? Just kind of that recalibration. Um, each week I get to just check in because um, life gets really, I get, I get to show up and be maximum service when I'm, you know, when I'm putting when I'm putting program and, um, and my higher power first. But, yeah, what life is like today. So I've now been in this career for, um, gosh, six years or so. Got to go to grad school and write a dissertation abstinently. Um, I love my job. I have a job where I get to be of service and I get to help people fundraise. So I get to work with nonprofits and museums all over the country. Um, while also using, um, I studied art, so I get to, it's, it's all a part of um, the art business, which is what I, I studied. Um, God's brought an amazing man into my life who is totally God-centered and loves what God's done in my life and is so supportive. And we just prayed together before I came in here um, uh, over over FaceTime. And um, yeah, I, 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 I sponsor. Um, I'm close with my. I live down the street from for my sponsor, but I, I try to meet with um, a sponsee a week. Um, I continually work the 12 steps, but the, the thing that's, that's been the most vibrant and incredible thing in my life is my relationship with my higher power. And that's what I, I want to keep evolving and what, what's, um, I'm always running after. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm never satisfied with my relationship with God. I always want more God. Um, cause when, when I'm seeking for more God, then I, I can be in acceptance with everything that's going on all the time with all, all the problems that we all deal with. Um, so yeah, so so my career, I mean, I God's made me a director where I'm at, and I get to be of service in that way. Uh, I get to do, um, I get to be really a part of my family. I'm throwing my dad a, a birthday for 70th, um, 70th, 70 years tomorrow, and I've got um, the code of, God broke the codependency in my family in recovery and um, restored relationships that had been devastated through the disease. Um, I've walked through breakups. I've walked through um, job loss. I've walked through. Uh, the, the death of my grandmother, and she was my, we were, we were soul sisters, we were, we were besties, and so, yeah, I've just been able to do all these things abstinently, and um, I'm in, I'm just in awe, I'm in awe, I'm in awe of God, and I think to, for me, um, the, the consistent thing is that I've, I've kept showing up, and I've kept seeking my higher power, and um, thank you, and time's up, and I hope I said something that was helpful, and thank you for letting me share. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Uh, when asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Any questions? Uh, what's your concept of, uh, what, what's your concept of higher power today? Oh, good question. Um, okay, what's my concept of a higher power today? Thank you. Um, my concept of a higher power today, God is um, is everything good for me, and God is with me always, and I believe God is in all of us, and um, God reminds me He's with me constantly. So my concept, uh, when I see nature, when I see butterflies, when I see hummingbirds. Um, uh, just when I'm, I'm with, with people, um, I do, like, I have a very clear vision of, of who, of who my God is. 
And I, I imagine God coming and putting his arms just during the share, just putting his hands on my shoulders and just kind of being with me and just calming me. Um, but yeah, so it's, it, it's a person, it's nature, it's, it's everything. It's this infinite, eternal, all-powerful, glorious being, supreme, everything. Um, so I see, yeah, I hope, that, hope that's helpful. Any other questions? For me, I get on my knees, um, that position of physical surrender. Oh, and the question is, um, when going through anything tough like a job loss, how do I go to God, right? How do I work the program with it? Um, so for me, it's... Uh, for me, I've learned initially early early days of recovery. I'd go to my sponsor. I'd go to to fellows first, but um, that reliance I had on them, I've I've learned how to transfer that first to my higher power. And so um, I go to yeah. First and foremost, I'll get on my knees and I'll 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 usually put my head on the floor and with my hands open, I'll say, God, you know what is this? Maybe I'll maybe I'll need to kind of cuss it out with God. I mean, I take my anger, I take my cussing, I take everything to my higher power. And I'll say, this is what's going on. I am, I'm so scared. I'm scared. I'm not going to be taken care of. I'm scared. I'm not enough to walk through this. What, what are you doing? This is scary. And I'll kind of just imagine. I just, I just, I'm very visual. So God gives me visions. And I'll just imagine light and just warm water pouring into me. Just from, I believe in heaven. So it's just, I'll just imagine it kind of pouring into me. And I'll just kind of receive it. And I'll just be, I'll just focus on the presence of God um, as I understand God. And just let that comfort pour over me. And then, and then that shifts me into, okay, I trust you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I trust you. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. I trust you. And then I'll just keep saying, I trust you. I trust you. And then I'll make phone calls to my, to my sponsor, um, to my inner, my God squad. I've got a God squad um, of people both in the rooms and not in the rooms, but who are running after God the way that I am. Um, and um, we'll, we'll pray. Um, and then I'll do any writing that I need to. I'll share about it at meetings. But, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to not pick up. And um, it's funny because just acting out isn't even, it's just not, it's like if it's not an option, it's not a problem. So it's just not even, and I, like I never think like, oh, I wish I could go binge right now. It's just those thoughts don't, for today, those thoughts don't cross my mind, bless you. And that's just the gift of program, you know. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's when going through those, bless you, seasons of like, disorientation, which I, I was in a big one in the fall after a breakup, and I was I did a lot of grief recovery um, from uh, from deaths that I walked through, and then from my my breakup loss um, with a man that I thought I might marry, and um, and uh, there was a big change in my spiritual community and in my job, and um, it was a season of great disorientation, and I I, I cried a lot. Um, I felt a, I felt a lot of discomfort. I was afraid um, that I was doing something wrong. That's what comes up for me a lot when things, when I'm tired or when things aren't going the way I think they should. I, I, my sponsor always reminds me, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. And, and I've got people in my life who encourage me to keep pressing in, keep, keep suiting up and showing up at recovery. Um, do, just keep doing the footwork and things shift. Keep, keep pressing into your higher power and things shift, you know? So that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Could you talk about your experiences with steps six and seven? Can I talk about my experiences with steps six and seven? Um, yeah, you know, I have to say those aren't my, 
they're not my favorite steps. Um, and I guess I can, I can read them, read them out loud here. Um, so step six is we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. I think they're not my favorite because I, I, I can't, um, I have a hard time remembering them. <laughs> I'm usually, I feel like I'm usually camped on steps one, two, and three, um, and, and steps, steps 11. But, um, I, but there is such a divine order, I believe, to these steps. And I thank God for these, um, even though I, I think because, yeah, again, they're just, I don't feel super comfortable um, when, when, I've, when I've been camped on them, working on them with my sponsor. But my experience with these, um, I, just the way that I continue to, to walk out these steps is I'll be on my knees throughout the workday and say, when, I, when I'm aware, because I've got this beautiful awareness, thanks to recovery of my defects of character, it's like I'll get on my knees. Uh, generally, mo- most, most um, every time I go to the bathroom at work, I'll get on my knees before I get out the door, and I'll just say, okay, what's the next indicated action, Dad? And just kind of go back to that position of surrender. And then if some defect has come up that I'm aware of, I'll say, okay, would you just take away this fear of approval? Um, would, 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 you just, would you just help me with this, with this need to be perfect? And, and hum, you know, humbly ask him to remove my shortcoming. So, um, but yeah, when, when I worked these steps initially with, with my sponsor, it was, it was beautiful because she did a really good job of just guiding me the way that the big book does. Um, after doing my fourth step, turning it over to her, sharing it with her and with God, I then, she helped me identify my defects of character. Um, and then I, she told me to get on my knees every morning and just, okay, God, here we go. Here, here I am. Make me willing to let these go. Would, would, would you free me from these? Um, and so now I just, yeah, I guess I actually work these steps more than I realized. But even coming in here this morning, I was like, God, would you just take away my, my fear of not getting their approval? You know, would, would, you know, would you just help me? Would you just make me a channel? And I imagine him just kind of just lifting things off of me. And I always just imagine him kind of, Putting them, putting things that I need to surrender just on this big like, shelving unit next to me, and it's not like they're being stored, but it's just a way to like get it off my back. You know, I just imagine him just lifting and just clearing away so I can be a, a channel because that that's the whole thing, right? It's I want to be a channel. I want to be in constant contact with my higher power, and um, so I can be available to you know to to be of service. Hope that helps. Any other yeah questions? What's the greatest gift the Big Book and this program has given you? Mm, that's a great question. What's the greatest gift um, the program and the Big Book um, has given me? I would say a relationship with with um, higher power, who I choose to call God. Um, absolutely, because I have this. It, it's a life giving, um, life sustaining, life enlarging. Uh, this beautiful, beautiful um, relationship that's that's always evolving. And I mean, just the time that I spent with God this morning was just sweet and relaxing and there's no agenda. Um, and it's, it's like, it's like any relationship, the more, the more time I spend with my higher power, the closer I feel, um, to my higher power. And so that, that's a gift because, bless you. I think because I continue to, um, bless you, continue to enlarge my spiritual condition, um, the food just for today, it is just food, right? It just, when I put my focus on my higher power, food becomes food, and things just get God-sized, um, right-sized, God-sized, you know. And um, there's just, yeah, just with, with um, all the drama that, that, that happens in the workplace, and I do a lot of travel for work and um, a lot of drama in my family, and um, it's, it's, I get to always go back to my higher power and just 
start pouring into thank you, thank you. You know, always go back to just practicing that gratitude um, and just giving thanks and praise and things just get right-sized. Um, so I think that's, and even when I have my messy meals, because it's not like abstinence has been, it's not about perfect abstinence. I haven't had that at all. It's been messy. I've had huge meals. I've had funky meals. Um, I've, I've taken seconds, thirds, fourths, and fifths, and sixths, you know. Um, you know, it's like once I take seconds, I'm like, well, I, I should finish it then. Um, and, um, and, and God, my higher power just, just right-sizes it all. So um, it's like, okay, well, you can just get back on the recovery train. You can, you can come back to me and um, do contrary action, give yourself extra love and compassion, and then um, bring an extra support around the next meal and, and bookend it, you know, and then go to a meeting. Um, so, yeah, the greatest gift I'd say is my relationship with my higher power. Yes. Mm. Mm, that's a great question. Um, so given just with my past history with exercise, um, what does it look like now in recovery? It's a great question. Um, it's been such a, uh, my relationship with exercise has really evolved over the last eight years. Initially, I, I laid it down. I wasn't intending to. Um, and I wasn't even, I, I, I was so sick and tired of um, feeling like I had to. I really felt like a slave to it, that it was almost a relief I, I, um, to just be okay with letting it down. My sponsor didn't even tell me to, but I just kind of stopped the first couple years. Um, and that there was, and sometimes that, that fear of, I should, I should be, I, sh- I should be running for miles, I should be running for hours, would come up, and, um, and I would just press into the step work, you know, and just talk about it with fellows. Um, um, talk about it with fellows who had what I wanted in that area. And lo and behold, they said, just, you know, this too shall pass. And then slowly I started wanting to walk and, and do walking again. And then I had a bad back injury and I actually couldn't exercise for a year and a half. And I was homebound for a while and I couldn't drive. And, um, and I ended up losing weight during that time because I was doing my OA phone meetings and fellows would come and visit. And it's like, leave it to you, God, that I lose weight while, I have a, while I'm not exercising, right, um, and doing my step work. And, um, and now, you know, fast forward, I'm having so much fun with exercise. And I'm doing all these hobbies that I loved when I was a little girl. Um, I, yeah, I just discovered a new type of cardio. Um, I've been having fun, um, just been having fun with my body. And that's my thing. I'm, I'm 31, and I just feel like the 30s are going to be this decade of just, just enjoying my health and, and, and hopefully for you know, many decades to come. But I just feel like my 20s were just, I was such a hot mess um, <laughs> in every way. And now it's just... I just, anytime, I just, I'm always just kind of hugging and just loving myself. And I feel so strong, both on the inside and on the outside. So, um, yeah, so just hope, yeah, hope that was helpful. Yes. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Mm. Thank you. Um, could you talk about the progression of your relationships with your, all those other grandkids, with your parents? Did, did you have a decline in disease? Uh, and how what's happened uh, in recovery with your peers and your friends and your family in terms of the relationship with them? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. So, so what what's happened with um, how recovery's played out in all my relationships? Um, there, it was it was very painful the first couple of years. Um, there was definitely a separation that took place, um, which helped because I was living in another country the first couple of years. I, I uh, my years two and your years year two and year three when I was in recovery, but it was. Um, it was incredibly painful because no one, um, my, my closest people, um, is that a timer thing for me? Okay, thank you. Um, I, I, I couldn't show up for the relationships the way that I, I had always, being the people pleaser, um, being codependent, um, because I, I was being completely transformed through the steps and through this relationship with the higher power. 
and um, I had the support of my sponsor and the rooms to, um, they just kept saying, this too shall pass, you know, this too shall pass. Um, But I I really had a very, very heartbreaking um, separation from from people that I loved for, uh, for, for, for some people it was years. Um, uh, yeah, I would say it kind of went on through, through first, like the middle point of recovery. Um, there were some friends that I didn't talk to for years. Um, there, and it's because it was too triggering because we'd been exercise bulimic buddies together and I hadn't realized it, or we'd been binge buddies and I, or drinking buddies. Um, and I didn't have the tools in my early days to love with, with detachment. So it's kind of just like, I kind of just stopped reaching out to them. Um, and that was the best I could do at the time. And with my mom, I remember just, you know, just kind of naively saying like, well, I, I just, I'm discovering that I've been codependent with you. And, and like those conversations would just blow up, of course. And, um, and you know, and I, that was before I, I went into another program that's helped me with relationships. Um, so it was just, it was super messy the first couple of years. And, and I'm thankful that I was living far, just that I was actually living far away. Um, and then ironically, God brought me back to LA, which I said, I will never move back to LA. And then God put me right back here. And, and what's been so cool about that is he's renewed all those relationships and, and brought so many others. And there's been this beautiful renewal and it's just like, wow. So, okay, God, I get it. You brought me back here because now I can see the miracles, how they played out, um, and how I'm, you know, more whole than I ever have been and how I now, um, these relationships are as healthy as they could be, but um, I also, those people, they're not in my inner circle anymore. I now have women in the rooms and who are on a similar path in my inner circle, and then I get to have all these outer rings of friends um, that I get to, I, I know what to go to. It's like I don't go to the hardware store to get almond milk, you know? Um, like, okay, well, this friend I can talk about fashion with, and she's in my outer circle, and I love her to talk about blah, blah, blah. But then I know I can go to my sisters when I'm dealing with um, fear about my self-worth. Like I know who to go to, right? Um, so, yeah, so the relationships, it really was just the process of recovery. It's taken eight years of, of it all playing out. And so for anyone who's newer in the early days, just keep suiting up and showing up and just know that I, just from my experience, things just evolve in God's perfect timing. And just restoration comes slowly in every area, but it, it really is a process. Um, but yeah, now I choose to vacation with, with my family and there's been so many, there've been a handful of really uh, tearful healing conversations with my mom and, um, you know, she hasn't changed, but I continue to change, right? It's like, bless her, change me, God, bless her, change me. And I, I now know how to, um, love with attachment. Um, and I know who my safe people are and I, I'm, I get to be a safe person today too. So yeah, but it definitely was a real evolution, but and then God has brought some people out of my life. He's taken them out entirely. Um, so, yeah, hope that was helpful. Yeah. Do we have time for another one? Yeah. yeah you have about two minutes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you. So you said love with attachment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. So how, how do I um, practice love with attachment? Um, for me, it looks like, um, like with, with the party tomorrow, so we've got about 40 people coming and um, love with attachment. I, I, I really wanted to get in there and plan this months ago. And um, my, my dad, uh, he wanted to keep it casual and he said, no, no, no party. And then a week and a half ago, he said, I want to do a party. And it's like, uh, okay, let's, well, let's, let's see what we can do with such limited time. And um, and it's, you know, loving with attachment for me, it, it means um, 
I get to suit up and show up on, on Sunday um, and, it, and make it not about me and just love him. My mom's going to, she's going to, she's upset with him. I get to let them do what they do. Um, I get to just be, be a, a, a loving witness and just come with love, come ready to serve, but take care of myself. They wanted me to spend the night at their house tomorrow, but for me, I'm going to stay at my place so I can have my God time Sunday morning. And then I'll suit up and show up and I'll be there early, ready to serve. And then I'm going to go to an OA meeting later that day. They wanted to hang out the whole day. And it's like, let's do the birthday and then I'm going to go and take care of myself. Um, so loving and with attachment, for me, it really means putting my relationship with God and my recovery first. Um, and then from that place of overflow, I then get to show up and, and love unconditionally. Um, so, yeah. Thanks. Okay. Yay. Yeah.